construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. Welcome, yes, indeed, to another Flagstick Podcast. Uh, I am your host, or one of them, Jeff Bonner, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Scott McLeod. And uh, the podcast is sponsored by TaylorMade with Stealth. They have pushed past the limits of titanium and introduced the world to the carbonwood age. So how far are they willing to take it? Way past far and into forgiveness. Introducing the all-new Stealth 2 Plus, combining elements of speed and forgiveness to unlock forgiveness. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. All right, jumping right off the top, reminding you, as always, to check us out on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Audible. Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. And as always, we really encourage you to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, all of our podcasts are up there. All of the extra stuff we do are up there. Like us, click the notification bell, make sure you never miss a single episode. Um, the content is crazy up there and the contest is is going. The contest yeah. is happening. So, and we'll, we'll, we'll remind you a little bit more about the contest a little, a little later on. Um, Sky Mac. Yeah, welcome back to the Flagstick Podcast. Yeah, I know. Eh? In a minute. <laughs> it's crazy. Eh? It's a lot's happened since the last podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot of good stuff has happened since the last podcast. Um yeah, what hasn't sure. happened unfortunately is I still haven't played around of golf. I'm sad. trying. I'm so trying. Sad. I just now I, I got a, now... I played a I played a tournament since then. I played, you know. I'm, I mean, I, I'm not saying I've played a lot of golf. I'm just saying there's been some. At least. I am feeling the effects of of my age for whatever reason. Oh my I don't, God! I every don't, week, I every don't, week. This is what it is. Here. Like, like, honest to God. Like, I mean, I, I, I feel like it. I, I really feel like it. My shoulder finally starts feeling better, and then I've got something uh, going on with my knee, and then my ankle, and then it's like, holy crap! Can I just what? like get healthy? I feel like an I, NHL player. I'm playing. I, play, I try to play through it, but I can't. There's lots of people out there playing with upper body and lower yes. body injuries, so you, you just play. I mean, I know, yeah. but I can't I, swing. I literally cannot putt, swing a golf walk. Well, I mean, Do I've done that. There, I've Do done the that. I've done the putting and the chipping thing. I mean, that's about yeah. as far as I've gotten. But to take a full swing right now, it's like, oh, it'll come. It'll come that indeed. Is. It'll come All indeed. Um, well, let's get right into it, Scott, because we. I mean. You know, we talk all the time, so we can save the small talk for off the air. Sure. Um, we've uh, we've got a lot to get to because it has been a been a while since the last one. Um, we're going to catch up on some of the regional golf news in the front nine, um, and uh, you know, there's uh, a lot of emotions that have uh, crept up uh, in the last week uh, all throughout Canada with the uh, results of the Canadian Open. Um, We've uh, we've got some big pro news. We've got some GM news, and uh, Kevin and Jake Hamer back. Yes, sir. Uh, with we've got some golf instruction on the lesson tee with Kevin and Jake Hamer in the back nine. Um, but uh, let's get to the front nine uh, presented by Metcalf Golf Club. A natural setting, a pleasant challenge. The golf season is of course now here, so don't wait to save on your golf this season. Buy a membership, join a league, purchase some game packs. And be ready to hit the first tee with some extra money in your pocket. Visit MetcalfGolf.com to shop now. All right. Yes, sir. Let's, Let's go. get at it. Let's <laughs> get so at the front nine. I know. I just I'm, I'm looking at the list going, okay. Uh, we, we, we try to avoid these these uh shopping lists of things to discuss, but it's, it's but when so you hard. the problem is when you miss yeah. when you miss a week too, then yeah. you miss a you miss a whole week of stuff to talk about, and then more stuff happens. And of course now we're into U.S. Open week too, so now it's just oh, yeah. like, oh my gosh, here we go! Oh, there's so much, and I mean, if people follow us on on our Twitter channel, I mean, I think, I mean, it, there's just so much going on. I mean, I, I think yesterday, and it is today, I was tracking tournaments and Canadian players in England, Victoria, Calgary, like in the in Pennsylvania. Where else? I mean, there were just all sorts of different ones going on. And hey, no disrespect to, you know, our, our colleagues in, in media that are obviously focused on what they focus on. 
Um, but, you know, with so many Canadians playing all over the place, you know, we're trying to bring that news to, to everyone, yeah. really. And, and, you know, it's not just focused on the top players on the LPGA and PGA Tour, which, you know, is, is fabulous and it's great to have the coverage and stuff there. But there's so many stories going on from, you know, a local regional level to a national level. But, um, yeah, people really want to get a good feel for it and just get a few nuggets and updates and stuff like that. Definitely follow us on our Twitter channel. Now you had the opportunity, Scott, um, recently to um, I guess call it. You were a guest speaker, or a, I was a lecturist, or a, <laughs> I don't know what you want to call a it. Key, a keynote. I'll tell you what. A you're, keynote. You're, yeah, a, key, a keynote speaker on uh, on Monday at at Cataraqui. Okay. Um, and you know when a when a major champion yes. asks you to be the speaker, what do you say? You say yes. I'll think about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, Sandra Post, uh, for people that are maybe not aware, which you know they should be, if there's any, uh, if they have any interest in, in Canadian golf history, but uh, you know, uh, LPJ uh, Rookie of the Year uh, won a major back in 1968. Also won two, what became the Chevron Championship. Back then was the Dinosaur. She won that back to back in 78, 79. Won eight. LPJ tour events. She's part of the Stanley Thompson Society, which right. obviously is a group of you know very interested people who you know appreciate the architecture of, of Stanley Thompson, Canadian famous Canadian architect. Uh, a lot of them are members at golf courses that are, you know were designed by Stanley Thompson, but they have a series where they go around and play golf courses uh, around the country, and mm -hmm. part of it is having a guest <laughs> guest speaker. Yeah. And Sander reached out uh, through some other connections. And, you know, I've, I've talked to Sander a, a bit before over different things. Lovely, lovely lady. And uh, she asked me if I could talk a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I ended up talking a little bit about the history of golf in Kingston wow. uh, for about a half an hour. Uh, great crowd there. Uh, really, <laughs> en really enjoyed that. And uh, thank you to Sander for, for inviting me. And they gave me a nice little uh, Stanley Thompson book afterwards. And nice. uh, yeah, it was a good time. And I mean, just sitting and chatting with her, um, you know, we'll get to the Canadian Open stuff in a little bit. But, you know, I, I saw her on the Sunday of the Canadian Open. And then obviously we spent a lot of time with her on the Monday. And we were talking about what that meant for her and her observations on it. And, she, you know, she was just totally delighted and obviously has a different perspective than most other people would about, uh, you know, big professional wins uh, for Canada. But super, super excited to see that. So, uh, yeah, thanks to them for for having me up. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, some other stuff, obviously, that's gone on. The, uh, the PGA of Ottawa um, yes. had the spring open. Uh, took place on the uh, flagstick.com PGA of Ottawa tour yep. and um, uh, different format this year. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, uh, you, you tipped it up. Um, I did. You, Not successfully. You but, wandered uh... 18 holes of golf. And... <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and even though plus <clears throat> was good, plus wasn't good enough, Scott. <laughs> uh no but you know what uh it was a good day i think it was a well-received format uh had a great attendance uh, over 60 players were out which you know is a large percentage of the zone um eight women which is fantastic that's the most ever for a, for wow. a zone event uh tara McEnroy from ottawa hunt took the title in the women's division um uh, Dan McNeely won in the regular division, and uh, Pasquale Mongili, who played with me, Pasquale. Pasquale actually got his first pro win, so he he won the senior division, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, in fact, actually, there's there's talk of more events within the zone being played in that format. Um, you know, just, it was a little a little bit more interesting because you could be a little bit more aggressive and try for birdies or eagles or whatever, yeah. knowing that your penalty would be zero. It wasn't going to be a you know a ten on the board for right. you know on a scorecard or things like that. Uh, and just the fact that it got the attendance out there for the event and and uh, yeah, that was great. So uh, next up is the summer open. And then the uh, the pro pro will follow after that. Now, where's the summer? The summer open is at uh, summer's at Whitetail. Whitetail, oh, that'll be a good. Yeah, yeah, and the pro pro is at the Meadows this year. Very nice, yeah. very nice. Um, now the play uh, play junior golf tour is in full swing right now. Obviously, sure we uh, uh, we're very proud of our association with uh, Chris Valkamp and his tour that he's uh, worked very hard to build up. Yeah, uh, that now they're playing um, the season long race to the Flagstick.com Cup. 
uh, we're very, very excited about that. And um, uh, you had a chance, uh, given that one of the events was down in Amherst, we can't unfortunately yeah. sponsor or no sponsor. We can't get to all the events because no. there's me and there's Scott. You know, Joe's retired <laughs> exactly. now. Yeah. Uh, so we don't have Joe to wander around <laughs> tournaments for us anymore either. So we're spread a little thin. Yeah. Well, thin. It's like having a teaspoon of peanut butter for three pieces of toast. We yeah. spread it thin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mentioned that to someone the other day. It's hard to be in three places at once. But uh, I did have a chance to drop into the the Play Junior Golf Tour uh, event at Amherst. You, you know, 40 plus kids there. Uh, knew a bunch of the kids, but got to meet more of them, which is, you know, part of the part of the fun as well uh yeah. and it's less kind of about you know the winners although there were some good scores and things on the day um but it's just to see how these kids are growing up around golf and what they're getting out of it and you know they're so encouraged by you know playing in these events and i mean kids are getting excited because you know this one kid was practically dancing because he broke 100 for the first time um <laughs> which which was just fabulous to see and um you know the one thing that they do is they give out a uh, a belt uh ganshev old sponsors a, a belt for long drive uh of the, oh, or, nice. or, or drive of the day not long drive of the day uh and it went to a girl i think who was about six years old which was really <laughs> wild to see and and she could barely hold the thing up it was but it, it was so cute and 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 it just reminded me so much of you know why these events are so important and the other side as well i would say you know there's a lot of juniors there should be more juniors playing in these events mm -hmm. uh, i think a lot of juniors go and they they put a lot of focus on playing you know provincial events and and so forth but uh this is where they can learn how to win and develop and i think they forget that this tour and, and the predecessor tour to it, the St. Lawrence Jr. Tour, which was was part of it that they merged mm -hmm. in about 10 years ago, um, you know, produced LPGA and PGA Tour players. And, you know, and so going out there and playing is super important. Uh, encouraged as well to see the parents. They're, they're very supportive. Yeah. Uh, really some good stuff out there. Uh, families. It was just a just a good day. I'm looking forward to the next one as well. I think I'm going to drop into the, the landings for the next one. Okay. Uh, Brad, Brad Smith was on site at the one at Amherst Him and Tyler Reed uh, got to help the, out them a little bit with, uh, you know, some takedown and stuff like that. But, you know, professionally run, um, just just fun. Just, just It sort of reignites your spirit of watching golf and kind of reminding you of playing junior golf yourself. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know what, <laughs> we could go and cover all the PGA tour events in the world, but you know, I know in the end, those, those things, those moments are probably the ones that are going to mean the most. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Now on the women's side of things, um, something new in Eastern mm. Ontario this yeah. year, uh, a new initiative that uh, uh, by golf Ontario. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's being run by Katie Walker as a PGA of Canada uh, yep. professional. Yep. Um, is the women women's tri golf series, and yeah. uh, there's uh, a number of different venues that are hosting one of these uh, these tri golf women's tri golf series, and it's such a great initiative because, um, for whatever reason, it's not just women, but for whatever reason, women can somewhat find the game getting into the game for the first time kind of uh, intimidating. Yeah, um, for sure, and. Uh, and overwhelming and really mm -hmm. it shouldn't be and and something nope. like this kind of gives them that opportunity to uh no pressure situation going out yep. experiencing it getting getting used to it uh mm -hmm. understanding it a little more so when they do go to the golf course they don't feel intimidated even though right. I, god's honest truth here i've played golf behind in front of and with a lot of different women who are new to the game yeah uh, sorry women but there's a lot of men out there that uh could could probably use something like this too <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent. don't and, need uh, to be embarrassed believe me no 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 and and really it's just a way to welcome uh players to the game we sort of forget i mean i keep saying and i talk to a, a number of people and just saying you know we forget what we didn't know before we knew it mm -hmm. a and that's the thing so we can't put ourselves in those shoes because if, you know if you've been around golf for a long time so golf ontario is doing this across the province uh, obviously, uh, you know, Katie's, uh, taken up the, the lead role here as far as doing the instructing. They've ran a couple of events already. Uh, they've got four more coming up at Canadian Anderson links, Cloverdale and Renfrew. Uh, you can go onto flagstick.com. We've got actually all the dates that are on there, but they're low cost. Uh, they include a little, you know, a beverage afterwards. There's nine holes of play. They play like a scramble format. 
everything's really around social and fun. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It's not designed to be technical. It's designed just to make people feel comfortable. Uh, maybe answer the questions that they have that they're afraid to ask. Right. And I think that's the hard part with all beginning golfers is that they think there are dumb questions and they yeah. don't want to ask them. So as a result of it, they stay intimidated. And I think it's, it's series like this and lessons like this and other ones in clinics that are happening at golf courses around the region uh, that are making the difference. So if people want more uh, information on the women's try golf series, uh, you can obviously go to the golf Ontario website, but we have a full post uh, with all the dates and uh, links to register on flagstick.com as well. Beautiful. Now, some just just quickly, uh, there will be um, part of the series. They're going to be held at the Canadian Golf and Country Club, Anderson Links Golf and Country Club, Cloverdale Golf Links, uh, and Renfrew Golf Club are, are the four locations. Um, the dates, like you said, you can go to flagstick.com yeah. and get the dates. But just just so you have an idea of where those locations are, so that you know that there there is something in your area, whether it's east, west, yeah. north, south of the, of the region. Yeah. Um, Traveling back to Cataraque, sorry, we mm. talked about that off the top of the show there, Scott, sure. but traveling back to Cataraque, the women's uh, um, Eastern Provinces and Ontario yep. women's match place taking place at Canada. Now, this is a long, this has a, a long history. This Almost event, 100 like a years. long history. Almost 100 um, years, yeah. Actually, and some kinda... amazing champions have come out yeah. of this and some champions that we're well, we well know. Yeah, exactly. Um, LPJ LPJ to our winners. Yes. Uh, oh, and actually, it was funny because uh, being there with Sandra, um, you know, she didn't win this because she obviously turned pro pretty early, but she <laughs> yeah. did play in it very early on. And some of her first memories of, of golf in Eastern Ontario are, are coming down to play this event when she was, uh, you know, a young teen or preteen. Um, but it's combined now with Eastern Provinces with the Ontario Women's Match Play, the, the Golf Ontario one. Uh, so as a result, the field is a pretty spectacular actually i was just going through and and looking at the collegiate affiliations uh unbelievable as far as the number of college players or ex-college players uh judith Corinnis, who won the u.s senior women's amateurs in the field um it should be a good so a good event they start with a field day they have a separate field day uh, on saturday and then the players that are registered for the match play i think there's like 39 of them mm -hmm. uh, then they will their scores will determine if there's top 16 that they go to match play and it finishes up on uh, monday so uh i'll be there for that i think uh for the final on monday and i'll probably go check out uh, some of the early parts of the qualifying as well, just to catch up with a number of players. Uh, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not normal to obviously be able to catch up with so many of the players that we talk yeah. about all the time and that we share news and information on that play everywhere. You know, in college from you know Indiana to Texas to California to you know other parts of Canada and things like that as well. So uh, good luck to all the players there, and and looking forward to seeing. You're not going to caddy for anybody this year. I, I had a couple. I actually I was going to say because you you have looped at this before. I, I have, and I actually had a couple of people ask me. Uh, don't quite have the time to do that, but who knows? I might get sucked into it tomorrow. Who knows? Nice. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. So yeah, but uh, should be good. Should be good uh, to watch. And uh, I know they encourage spectators to come out and and watch that as well. And if you want to see some of the top golfers uh, in the country, they're de they're definitely there. Okay, cool. Um, now before we uh, before we jump to break. Um, we just want to bring you up to speed a little bit on the flagstick shootout, yeah. Uh, which we announced a couple of episodes ago or a few weeks ago that uh, that the event was coming back, and you know, yada yada, yada 70, 72 player field. Um, you know, it's, we're we're doing our best to get all of the um, the applications selected and the field. Yep. We've announced um, about thirty, uh, about thirty, I think, of the uh, players that are going to be participating. Uh, in the tournament for sure. Um, mm -hmm. We're just in the process of finalizing the rest of the list. Um, we do encourage uh, anybody that wants to participate. You do not have to be a scratch golfer to play. No, uh, and I think some selected. people are intimidated. I had a I had a guy who was like a five. He's like, will I get, will I get in the field? And I'm like, apply. <laughs> yeah, we we do yeah. encourage that. Like it, it really even you know, uh, I think I think I've accepted somebody who's an eight. Like yeah. it, it really doesn't matter. That part of it is is not really relevant. I mean, like we said before, if you're a 22 handicap, 
it's not that we don't want you in the field. It's not that no. we wouldn't put you in the field. We We're just, just don't warning know. you that you might not compete. Yeah, it's a 22 yeah. handicap. You probably don't normally play golf golf courses at 67, 68, 6,900 yards and, yeah. and set up the way the course is going to be set up. It's not going to be set up hugely difficult. Well, but no, Smugglers he, Glen is already a difficult golf course as it is, no matter yeah. what yardage you set it up from. Yeah. You're going to be playing the back tees for the most part, a bit of a hybrid mix like we do for the Flagstick Open. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a challenging day. If you sure. think that you want to engage in that challenge then by all means apply yeah, um sure. i'm not saying that i'm not uh, there's a there's a couple of players on the list right now that are higher handicaps that i haven't accepted in yet but i may accept them in yet um yeah. you know they applied so and they understand yeah. so they clearly want and sometimes that's good for somebody and, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of 15 handicaps that play the back tees too yeah you know what i mean sure. like there's guys just mm-hmm. because you're a 15 handicap doesn't mean you're a forward tee golfer like it, no. it's so apply um yeah. and i don't even want to make it sound like it's a, you know apply you're applying for a job like register yeah get on the list so we can have a look yeah. and 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 accept you into this well we've got um we're going to release a couple more names uh, early next week yeah. and then hopefully we're going to name release the rest of the field by the end of the week is, is my goal whatever number of players we end up putting in it might yeah. not be 72 it might be 48 it might be 52 um it just depends so um, yeah i was at the uh the kingston city men's championship last week in which congratulations jamal masawi who won his fourth one uh he was one of the players i actually talked to about coming playing in the shootout i had four or five players there that that mentioned to me that they were interested a couple had conflicts with club championships things like that but uh you know, hopefully uh, we see some of those guys uh, show up as well. Well, we want to get this. We want to get this event back off the ground. I mean, we had it. Yeah. Uh, we we stopped it. We're bringing it back. It's a great event. Um, mm-hmm. It really is a great event. Uh, there's great venue, great little registration package provided to us by uh, by Puma Golf uh, yep. Canada. And uh, and we're really excited about about what we're building. But you know, it's going to take some time to build it up. The flagstick open is, you know, a lot older in, in succession than the flagstick shootout is. And it has a very strong reputation and sells out quickly every year. We want to get there with the flagstick open and obviously with the two ball in the fall. So, yeah, we recognize it's been eight years since the shootout happened. So, um, you know, uh, again, it's just getting people re-familiar with it and and getting back down there. But uh, yeah, if, if you, like Jeff said, get your application in. Now, uh, one other thing next week, uh, you uh, mentioned it. We're going to have an interview with the operator of the uh, of the uh, long drive event to be held down in Belleville next month yeah. that is going to feature four past world champions. Yeah, they've got a stack field for Endless Summer. So I uh, did an interview with Jody Jenkins yesterday that uh, we can run next week. And uh, yeah, they announced uh, a couple of the most recent men's world champions are in the field. I won't reveal that, although people can obviously Google that and figure it out. But yeah, just think think Martin, Martin Borgmeier and Kyle Berkshire, for example, teeing it up and being at, in Trillia, at Trillium Wood in Belleville. So um, yeah, it's going to be a cool, cool scene, and uh, I won't give it all away as far as the details and everything. But uh, tune in next week, and uh, you can see the interview with Jody. Yeah, it's funny, you know, because uh, the last time I was at Trillium Wood for a long drive competition, you you hit one. I think it was three sixty five. I I don't know. We were actually talking about that a yeah. little bit. It's been like thirty years since they had. Yeah, they had thirty years since they had a long drive event there. So crazy. Um, yeah, it's 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 crazy. But uh, this is definitely a way different scale than <laughs> what the, those events back in the <laughs> day, which were just regional qualifiers. These are some of the best, best, best hitters in the world. So um, cool stuff. Okay, we're gonna take a break. Yeah. Uh, when we come back from break, right off the top, we're going to head out to the Lesson T with Kevin and Jake. I'm really excited to have them back doing some instruction on the Lesson T with us on the podcast this uh, this summer. Uh, so we're going to go there right away. And then we're going to jump right into the back nine and talk about the RBC Canadian Open. Um, we're going to talk a little bit of US Open because that's happening right now, um, among other things. And um, uh, But stay with us. We'll, we, we will be right back here on the Flagstick Podcast with Jeff Botter and Scott McLeod. That's far. So much forgiveness. Wait, did you say forgiveness like far or forgiveness like forgiveness? Forgiveness. For. Forgiveness. Far. Forgiveness. I'm hearing far. Forgiveness like forgiveness. Forgiveness? 
Forgiveness. I'm still hearing far, but whatever. Introducing Stealth 2 with more carbon for more forgiveness. Forgiveness. Just hit it. All right. Well, welcome back to the Flagstick Podcast, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna jump right out um, to the lesson T. Happy to have Kevin and Jay came back with us. We're gonna jump out to the lesson T presented by that very Kevin Haim Golf School. It's always the right time to play better golf, whether you need private lessons, better short game, some putting help, or even a custom club fitting. Visit KevinHaim.com and remember that better golf is a lot more fun, and indeed it is. So. Uh, let's jump out to the lesson tee and see what Kevin and Jake came have for us this week. Happy Tip Tuesday, golfers. Okay, Jake, we're out on the lesson tee today, and we're working with what I think is the toughest club for a lot of people, the longest fairway wood, three wood. Uh, I, I got a lot of questions about this, so let's talk about the keys to how to hit it. I would start off, first of all, with saying make sure you do have enough loft. I mean, this golf club isn't teed up like your driver and it's not very lofted. So you've got to make sure you have a golf club that gives you an 11 or 12 degree launch angle. So just because it says four or five here, if it's a three wood length and it gives you the right parameters of ball flight, I wouldn't just look for that three all the time would be the first advice I'd give. Yeah, I think you need to find the wood with the right amount of loft and length to maximize it for you. And that could be unique for different people. So it's a great starting point. Okay, I think setup's a big deal too. So bring us through checkpoints for a three wood setup what do we want to do with ball position posture distance from ball let's see it yeah so first things first you know we'll, let's talk ball position because it's so important to manage your low point with a three wood so we want the ball in the correct spot yeah if you think about a driver we want that ball in line with our lead foot mostly at our lead heel to help hit up on the ball yeah and with an iron we usually have that ball about three inches off of that foot at my lead ear to encourage me to hit slightly down on it so the three wood I'm going to split the difference. I'm going to have it about an inch to an inch and a half behind my lead foot so that I'm a little more shallow at impact by the time I get there. So that would be change number one I would make. Yeah, awesome. Like number, it. Number two is I'm going to widen my stance slightly from my irons so I have a little more stability for the you know wider golf swing. But I'm not going to do as much of a driver. It's not going to be quite as exaggerated. Yeah, if we look at you here, you're just outside your shoulders. Now you can still rotate. It's a stable stance. If you get too wide, you won't have enough rotation, won't get up to the golf ball. And if you're too narrow, it might be sloppy, right? And I think the last thing I would say is I'm, I don't wanna feel like I'm trying to reach to add a bunch of stability and power. I want myself to be the same distance from my golf club that I am from an iron. Yeah. And then I'm gonna be farther from the ball because the club is doing it for me. But the more I tend to reach and get too wide, which is very common what we see with three woods, it'll change the shape of my golf swing and make it really difficult to get back to that golf ball. Yeah, it gets the club around behind you a lot of times really flat and, yeah. and people will either swing and top it or thin a three wood or they'll come over the top and hit down on it, take a divot and hit a big cut. So totally. both things are bad. So that iron distance from ball, little wider stance, ball a little forward. Then what about the golf swing itself? Well, so with a three wood in particular, I want to try to let the club do the work. Like you said, if you have a three wood that hits the ball with the you know intended launch angles and stuff. I don't want to try to artificially create those. So I'm going to make sure I have a nice wide and low takeaway so it feels like I'm going to be more shallow through the golf swing. Yeah, you notice that everyone, how shallow that is, right? There's no lift with the wrists or pickup with the golf club. It's a swingy takeaway. That's super important as well. Gets you shallow into the golf ball in most cases. Agreed. And then I'm also going to make sure that I have a nice balanced rotational golf swing. I think a lot of people struggle with trying to hit the three wood up in the air. So they'll tend to get too aggressive with the lower body and fall back with their chest. And that's what leads to bottoming up back here and potentially topping my three wood. So I want to make sure it's nice and rhythmic and it's rotational. And if I do those things, then it'll be easier to make sure I bottom out in the right spot, which is the secret to hitting this club properly. Lots to digest there, golfers. Don't stand too far away. Don't stand too wide. Get the ball slightly forward. That long, swingy takeaway and rhythm, rhythm, rhythm. Let's see it, Jake. Let's finish off yeah, with a it. nice, clean hit. So I'm a little wider than my shoulders. I'm nice and relaxed, shallow, and rhythmic. And there we go, 11 or 12 degree launch angle. Get the right club for you. Hit the Let the club do the work. Hit the club with patience, and you'll have more success. All right, awesome.
Great to have Kevin and Jake back doing tips. Uh, the father-son duo is rocking it. And we're going to have some great tips with uh, Kevin and Jake uh, throughout the summer. Um, to check out more of the tips, all of Kevin's tips that you'll see on this podcast and here on this podcast, you can find a link to the tip that you just uh, heard about uh, on flagstick.com under the Kevin Haim instruction spot, or you can just jump right over to kevinhaim.com. Uh, click on his YouTube link, and uh, I'm sure that there will be more than plenty of tips for you to enjoy over there. So get on it, check it out. There you go. All right, uh, jumping right into our back nine. Uh, in our jumping back a nine. lot today. We're yeah, like, lot I'm today. jumping. Well, maybe walking. Let's saunter. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we're gonna so... saunter over to the back nine to the tenth sure. tee. You know, saunter. The back nine presented by Greensmere Golf and Country Club. Save 40% on all daily green fee rates with FlexPass, which includes six-day advanced booking for only $425 plus tax. Visit greensmere.com for more information on that and to pick up your FlexPass. Okay, Scott. Yes. Let's talk about the Canadian Open because here's the oh, thing. we come. Did it, did it happen? Yes, it did. Canadian? So oh, we okay. come out of the whole COVID <laughs> thing where it knocked the Canadian Open out two years in a row. Then last year... We, we we have a Canadian Open and it Which is, is awesome, killer, crazy. Yeah, uh, between it and the CP Women's Open, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so glad I'm referring to CP Women's Open and not the new name of it because I don't think I can CP handle it. KC Women's Open. Okay, there you go. But the RBC Canadian Open happened last year and it was nuts. Yeah. Um, this year. <laughs> The, the know, ending it, was the ending was not spectacular <laughs> tournament to to watch from start to finish. Yeah, um, especially the ending, which was crazy. Yeah, but you know, unfortunately, uh, a little bit um, overshadowed, overshadowed a little bit between early on between yeah. wildfires uh, yeah. that that threatened to cause issues with even you know having it, yeah. um, or you know spectators being on site. And of course, the uh, the big announcement that took place before it even happened yeah. um, about um, uh, DP World Tour, PGA Tour, Piff. and Piff. And, Piff, and let's yeah. say Piff, yeah, not, not Live Golf. Piff. Live is just part of Piff. So Piff. Um, and now there's a whole bunch of crap going on with that. And you know, now that I guess the Department of Justice is involved in the U.S. There's some antitrust stuff. It's like God, it's just. It's nuts. Um, caught all mm-hmm. the players off guard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, in was... we'd like to we'd like to think that that the top guys knew, but they didn't. They didn't. Like Rory yeah. is the he's the spokesperson for yeah. the players on behalf of the players for the PGA Tour. He's the guy, and he didn't Pretty know much. anything about this. Yeah, well, he he knew the day before that was it. So so, um, but you know, whatever the case, yeah, it, it overshadowed it. Obviously, it, it drew a lot of the attention early in the week. Uh, which was unfortunate. I think we talked about that. Um, just the fact that, you know, the headlines and the the media space that could be going towards the RBC Canadian yeah. Open was obviously, uh, you know, sucked up by this, you know, discussion of this potential alliance. We'll say potential because obviously it hasn't been approved yet. Right, um, exactly. And, you know, and as a result of it, um, you know, it was good. A bunch of the players were basically said, hey, let's focus on the Canadian Open. You know, Shane Lowry was obviously, you know, that way uh, and things like that. I will say it probably started off a little slow at Oakdale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I have, we haven't got uh, spectator numbers yet, but I certainly don't expect it's going to be the 130,000 that they had at St. George's. No. Um, but, and, you know, there was issues with traffic, shuttles, I mean, even players that somehow couldn't get to the, almost missed their tee times, Roger Sloan earlier in the week. Um, but, you know, saved obviously by the big story with well, Nick, Taylor, Nick Taylor and, and, you know, and that, that'll probably be the lasting impression obviously uh, of this tournament for sure. Yes. No, there's no question about it. Um, you know, it is our national championship. We, we do get excited for it every year, but you know, um, and I'm not saying that a Canadian has to win it because even when Rory was winning it, Rory is kind of sure. like an adopted Canadian. I'd say, I'd say, you know, well, we've never had a, we've never had a Canadian win in our lifetime. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, but we've been excited about Canadian opens before. Well, exactly. So, you know, I mean, uh, we, we, we were happy when, when Greg Norman was, uh, you know, you know, in, in playing in the Canadian open and Tiger playing the Canadian open. And, yeah. you know, when Tiger won, uh, you know, yep. in 2000, you know, with the, with that great shot that was an accident. Um, 
you know, we do get excited about our national championship, but when it, when a Canadian's in the hunt, I mean, man, when Mike Weir and VJ Singh mm. went to the playoff and VJ makes the putt and he's so apologetic about it because he knows how much it meant to Mike Weir, but right. this time, yeah, you know, it worked, it worked out. It worked out and, um, you know. <laughs> and a great guy too to have. Yes. Him. I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, I'll say this before anything, um, you know, it's wonderful that uh, a Canadian won. Um, obviously you would take it whether it's any of the eight Canadians that are playing on the PGA tour uh, of winning this and being that first, you know, Canadian to, to win since 1954. Um, but Nick Taylor is just a good dude. You know, yeah. I've, I've spent a fair bit of time with him over the years uh, through different manufacturer stuff. Uh, last year when I was catting at the uh, Canadian open um, pro-am, uh, you know, Hayden got to play with him, Hayden Underhill, who I was caddying for, played nine holes with Nick. Uh, part of that was prearranged um, mm-hmm. because Nick was actually one of the first players that reached out uh, about funding and, and sending money to to uh, support uh, Dayton Price and, and Hayden Underhill. And, and, you know, it's when you look at the GoFundMe and it's Nicholas Taylor, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't like he was doing it for anything other than the fact of, of there for support. So uh, Mackenzie Hughes was great there as well. But again, you, these are good guys, good people, good humans, which makes mm-hmm. it even a better story. Uh, and to see him do that, Obviously, Tommy Fleetwood, you know, crushed and trying to win his first PGA Tour event. But, you know, he was just as excited for Nick, too. He knew how much it meant. Yeah. Uh, and to do it in a playoff with a 72-foot, six-inch putt, as my dad will remind me when I tried to tell him it was a 72-foot putt. And he's like, 72 feet, six inches, son. Oh, yeah. Six, <laughs> six inches is the difference between in and out, right? So, yeah. But, yeah, it, it was it was pretty emotional watch. I mean, I, I, it would have been nice to be there. Can't be there. Yeah every year unfortunately uh you know we had grant fraser there covering all week and he was sending us some great photos which was fantastic um but you know just watching it i mean what were your thoughts when you were watching it oh i was excited i mean you know they're they're obviously you always you're always waiting for for something to happen because you know that this is a historic possibility and um you know as much as i loved i love tommy fleetfoot i mean i i I think the guy's awesome um but I've never rooted against somebody. So no. It's like I did as he's coming down, he's coming down and he, and he, and he, you know, he does what he does on 17 and it's like, okay, come on, you know, you need, you need to stop, you know, and then blowing it into the stands and you're like, okay, oh, here, here this it comes. Here's a, this yeah. is the bogey. No, yeah, this isn't no. the bogey. And, and then in the playoff for it to just keep going on and on. And the both of them just matching, 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 no matter what mistake was made, Either yeah. the other one made this made an, a mistake on top of that guy's mistake. He's, sooner or later, someone's going to do something spectacular. Either going to stuff it in there, uh, you know, an, an inch, going to chip it in, going to hole it out. Like something's going to happen here, and then that happened. And yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm like everybody else. I'm sure looking at a 72 foot six inch putt. Oh yeah, um, and thinking not a chance. Like, no. He'd be hard pressed no. to get this inside six feet. Oh, especially go, knowing what that green is like and how it goes up, and I mean, it's and then to bomb it, but it's like, yeah, you know, and, and you see his reaction is like if that were a four foot putt that he rolled in, mm-hmm. I th- the the excitement of that putt would have been would have been greater. I I think the the reaction to oh, him making stunned. the putt was was shock was utter yeah. shock i think that it yeah. went in and then all of a sudden it's like it it happens you start to react to it then you realize what just happened and and that you know exuberance comes out and and yeah. obviously you know um the 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 security guard tackle on hadwin, <laughs> hadwin. was, was <laughs> outstanding so i'm glad that, so that hadwin wasn't hurt but it, yeah, you know, because because it makes it it makes it a funnier story knowing that all he did yeah. was get tackled with a bottle of champagne in his hand on the yeah. on the 18th green. It was, just, it was the, just too bad all the American channels and everything were picking up on the tackle and not the win. As oh, well, much isn't as that? Possible. But isn't that that's typical? Typical. It's like, well, yeah. let's look. Let's look for the negative. Let's look yeah. for the negative story, well, not it, the it, positive the, story. Well, it's the more spectacular thing, right? Yeah. It's the more it's more clickbaity thing more than anything. Yeah. But you know, it was neat because you know I ended up uh, obviously staying up late that night, uh, you know, writing a story and you know processing images and stuff coming in from from Grant, and um, it was just endless. I, I think everything took longer that night because the texts coming in from people and the DMs, and I mean, I think I last I don't know I haven't even looked at the analytics of some of the stuff that day, but I mean, I, I think we 
we we gathered probably an extra 150 twitter followers that day alone just because we were pumping out photos and things um but uh, just the way people were so excited about it i mean that that was neat to see whether mm-hmm. they were uh, you know a diehard golfer uh, somebody who cared about history somebody that was just new to the game even they knew you know how important that was yeah um, and then i think a lot of the other media people too were just excited not to have to write the last Canadian to win the Canadian Open since 1954. You yeah, know, we don't have to. Yeah. We don't have to write that anymore. No, nope. so, which which is amazing. So uh, he becomes the sixth Canadian overall. I had to correct someone; they thought it was the third Canadian to win the Canadian Open. Uh, he joins uh, George Cumming, Albert Murray, Charlie, uh, Charles Murray, uh, Carl Keffer, who obviously was a long time yeah, pro Royal, Royal Ottawa, won in 1909, 1914. Pat Fletcher in 54, and now Nick Taylor. So hundred and uh, you know, all that years of history, uh, the 112th uh, playing of the, the RBC. And six, and six and winners. Six winners. So how cool is that if you're Nick Taylor? Uh, obviously, he's been a PGA Tour winner. Uh, you know, the money is great, but having that title. That's history. That's that's history. You're yeah, right. That yeah. that makes you somewhat it's a good chunk of change though, too. One point six million, I think, was it? Yeah, he's at he's at uh himself. He's just under six million this year alone. So last um, year it was nine about nine hundred and it was under a million for winning, nine hundred and eighty thousand or something like that. Uh no, it was up over that. It was it was a nine million per purse or whatever. So no no, uh, I mean the first place. No, you know, it was it was more no, than I thought that. it was I thought it was under a million for winning. But I mean, this is a guy who was playing, you know, Upper Canada in 2013 at the Great Waterway Classic with yeah. nobody, with nobody Exciting. watching, with nobody watching. We were watching. <laughs> I was watching. I was there. <laughs> we watched it. Uh, yeah, but it, it, it's cool to see. And and um, it, what's neat too is the the fever. I, I think I mentioned in the notes. You know, there's there's uh, at Ledgeview where you know he and Adam Hadwin play from in, in Abbotsford where they grew up uh, playing golf. They were having putting contests for 72 feet. Uh, Barry Forth at Coketown Woods was having a, he was having a 72, I think it was $72 and 60 cents for a green fee and a cart awesome. celebration. Like it's just, you know, people were just getting into it and, and, and trying it out. And they had a putting contest down at the, uh, uh, at the, uh, uh, the U S open as well. <laughs> a bunch of the Canadians were doing it. And I think it was only a 60 footer and Nick said he couldn't get excited over putting a 60 footer you know he needs that's hilarious that so um yeah that's pretty neat to see cool all right well that's a wrap on the rbc canadian open for this year because now we're into uh we've switched we've switched from canada to the u.s and this Mm -hmm. this week uh obviously as we're uh, as we're doing this podcast the u.s open uh is on to uh on to day two yeah how much u.s open do you watch i mean for me uh, i can you know obviously you know, when we used to do print publication, it used to come out this this weekend. Yeah, so I wasn't yeah. used to seeing it. Uh, and then Father's Day and all that stuff. Yeah. But, you know, is there a particular reason why you're watching this one or are you watching this one? What's the case? Um, uh, no, I, I mean, I'll watch I will watch some of it. Um, Thursday it's probably easier than it's West Coast, right? Yeah, I'll watch like, some of it Thursday, night. Friday. Um, and then I'll watch a little bit more of it on Saturday and then I'll probably watch the majority of the, uh, the last bunch of groups on Sunday from start to finish. Uh, for me, the U S open, I don't know, it's less and less, I'll be honest with you. It's less and less because I find that like, okay, it was a perfect example. I, and I, and I don't know how you, what you attribute it to, but U S opens to me in the past have always been about. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know exactly the, the high scores, going. you yeah, know, the, the, the extremely, <laughs> the extremely difficult playing conditions, you know, really, yeah. you know, the grind of, of mm. 72 holes of US Open golf that just took its toll on players, the thick, like all that. Yeah. I don't find that. I mean, yes, 62. I mean, whatever. I mean, the conditions were the conditions were soft. Uh, Super wide fairways with. of this golf course, though, too. It's not a case. It's not like some of the other golf courses. They can't make it super, super narrow. And I don't think the members really cared. Like this, this is a weird U.S. Open. Like there's no grandstands over by 18 because the members didn't want it for the for the clubhouse. They have a lot of corporate ticket sales. They're very weak as far as the regular daily sales. There's very limited as far as what's available. Um you know, I think the USDA just wanted to get back to Los Angeles for the first time in 75 mm-hmm. years, more than anything. When's the last time they had it at this particular golf course or did it? Never. 
than okay. never. It's, but it was Riviera was the last time it was okay, in yeah. the Thought Los Angeles Riviera. area, so 1948. Um, really, I mean, it's very I love the golf course. I, I mean, do I, too. I, 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 uh, yeah, from cool what I've seen course. of it, and I think part of yeah. my tune into the U.S. Open most years is to see. I want to yeah. see what the course is like. I love the bunkering. Yeah. The yeah, bunkering, the shaping, the bunkering, the really rough edge stuff reminds me a lot of the course that we played at uh, uh, Cuscawilla. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, with the, yeah. The Crenshaw Cor- design. Cor- Crenshaw. Yeah, yeah and then that really rough edge, jagged edge, long yeah. grass bunkering. A little bit yeah. different, but similar yeah. idea. Um, I love the bunkering. I love the shaping. I love the way the, the green complexes are perched up there. Um, yeah. It's weird, I too. Just, I, stuff... I just don't want to see – I don't want to see someone win a U.S. Open at 24 under par. And I just – maybe I mean, that I... won't happen if it dries out and gets yeah. gets firm. Yeah. Uh, maybe some of those – because early on in the week when they were they were doing some videoing of, you know, the sloping on the greens and stuff like right. that, things were a little firmer mm-hmm. um, and their balls were rolling like forever. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the case yesterday. No, so, sure. so, you know, but that happened, I think, uh, I think one year – the year Rory won and ran away from the field. Oh, congr- uh, congressional. congressional. It super and, wet, he, and it yeah. was raining yeah. the whole week and he was throwing, yeah. but everybody had the same conditions. He was just throwing right. darts at everything. And I yeah. just, you can't control yeah. that. It's like going and watching an open championship at Carnoustie. Yeah. An open championship at Carnoustie should be, should be like it is carnage. It should be destruction. Yeah. But if the conditions don't get windy and dry mm-hmm. and all it is, is calm, sunny, and Nothing soft, you can do about it. You yeah. know, then the golf course is going to get yeah. eaten alive. Yeah. Uh, and that's the case with any golf course. Any golf course you play that's designed to play hard and fast, if it's mm-hmm. soft and and calm and beautiful, yeah. these guys are too good. The, the, yeah. the, the equipment they're using is too good. The players are too good. They're just going to – they're just – they're going to eat these courses up. So yeah, they a lot of wide fairways, so it's it's not hurting him uh, that way. Again, I, I think it's interesting as far as the architecture. It's really weird because I, I mean, I was down by this golf course uh, a couple of years ago, but actually played the Muni that's right next to oh, it, right. which is, which is, I, I tweeted about it yesterday. It's on the other side of what used to be the former Aaron Spelling mansion, which is 123 rooms. <laughs> so it's this little thing called in Holmby park. It's called the Arm and Hammer golf course. This little pony course It's down 14 holes. It's $3 to play it. $3. And, and it's figure. literally next to LA country club. And, and what's kind of funny was uh, in February, when I was at that Adidas event, I was talking to, to Colin Morikawa about the U.S. Open, and and he mentioned, you know, I, I didn't see where he ended up yesterday, but obviously he's struggling with some back issues. But, um, you know, he said he was so excited to be back in L.A. He's a Southern California guy, but but he's also really stoked about Muni golf, and he yeah. loves. He grows grew up playing a lot of you know those golf courses, not a, not really you know country clubish sort of thing. He grew up. I mean, he played played at a private course that was 10 holes um <laughs> but the cool part was we were talking about this little pony course next door and he said yeah he'd love to play that sometime and if people want to see what this is like the the i said uh today the or yesterday the usga might be using the strategy of the agronomy from holmby park whereas if you go down there the greens are covered in like sticks and trees and stuff like that or maybe they if they do that the scoring average will go up a little yeah. bit but, uh, it's un- you know it's unfortunate for a U.S. Open because it is supposed to be the U.S. Open is generally set up the courses are set up and the and the, the tournament is supposed to be the ultimate difficult Iron yeah. Ironman type golf sure. tournament it's supposed to be difficult the scoring is supposed to be really higher you know many guys over par but you know this week nobody shot over eighty yesterday yeah. Um, I think there was a whack of guys, like 60 players were. Yeah, it was a low, low score. Yeah, it was you know. a low scoring average uh, by almost a stroke since Baltus' role, I think, in '93. Uh, I think that was the case. But That's I a mean, of a golf course too. But but you know, uh, these are still the best players in the world. I mean, uh, you know, you've got some great players there and if they have the opportunities they're going to take advantage of it well that's we still, it we, we still have an opportunity to see those best players in the world which is, is great to see and you know and in, in the end the lowest core wins exactly exactly now i don't <clears throat> i want to save 
um, any major discussion we have, and we will have some discussion about the the uh, the PGA Tour, DP World Tour, PIF stuff. Yeah, I mean, we um, don't know enough about it at this point. Yeah, it's so just very, in, it's very much in its infancy. I know there were, you know, some comments made, and there's some, there's a lot of social media stuff, and you can get into the social media stuff. You know, people this and that, and hypocrisy, hypocrisy, and things like that. And you, you're going to have to, you're going to have to keep them an open mind a little bit. I think yeah. when you're thinking about it, but you're going to have to wait. And mm-hmm. see what exactly it all means, because right off the bat, you see people saying that Live Golf is merged with the PGA Tour, and that is not what happened. No, there's no, there, there isn't even any knowledge that once this is all done and said and done, that Live Golf will even exist anymore. Exactly, Live Golf might be gone, and yep. it might be a completely different type of team thing under the umbrella of the PGA Tour or run by the PGA Tour. So we don't know. There's no. just a lot of speculation about it. Um, I think that one of the comments that Rory made kind of resonated a little bit with me. I don't, I don't necessarily agree fully with it, but his comment was, you know, basically he said, whether you like it or not, um, Piff are going to spend, are going to keep spending money on golf, whether this Mm -hmm. happened or not, they're going to keep, because they got boatloads of it to spend. They're going to keep spending money on golf. At least now, the PGA Tour, for the most part, controls how that money is going to be spent. Or at least the speculation is that that yeah. is the way it's going to be. So yeah. that's that's a positive thing sure. if if that is the case where that PGA Tour entity, uh, that corporation that's going to be yeah. you know partnered up with the PGA Tour's separate mm-hmm. corporation yep. Yep. Um, that will run what is might run what is now live golf or what yeah. becomes something else that is not necessarily a negative there are still going to be people that say regardless of whether they do or they don't the money is still coming from a place of mm-hmm. of uh, negativity um yeah. and that may be true however my take on this from the beginning when it first came out was that the bottom line was that no matter how many court cases were put forward, mm-hmm. the money that the that PIF could throw at the court cases was far beyond yeah. anything that the PGA Tour could ever come up with, which means that this court case after court case after court case could yeah. be opened up and 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 PIF could lose them all. It's yeah. But it, it, it wouldn't matter. be relevant. In the meantime, yeah. they would be draining every bit of money the PGA which, Tour which has. Is a- which apparently is part of what the situations happen. The tour yeah. is basically, you know, there's a lot of money that's had to be spent on these on on legal fees. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, so they're probably right. going to, like I said, Piff is probably going to lose all those court battles. No, but they're going to win the battle, right? Because yeah. they'll yeah. outspend them, and then yeah. what's left, and then yeah. what happens to the PJ Tour? Okay. So that's where you get into what Rory said, where it's like, okay, well, at least now we've stopped that. And and we can move forward. Yeah, because um, that's the one thing that we do know: the litigation is is over. Um, you know, that's that's part of that as far as ending all that that litigation, at least under this agreement. And well, again, we'll see what gets ratified and how this thing plays out or whatever. But um, but yeah, you're right. That that certainly would hamper the PJ Tour. Uh, PJ Tour has obviously had to dig into reserves to do a lot of different things. Yeah. This is money they're bleeding, and I mean, this is a this is a high dollar operation as it is. It's not mm-hmm. like the PJ Tour is some little you know thing. In, in the backwoods here no you know, it's they're a, it's a big operation but even they can't compete with that you can't. and as as a result of it it could do irreparable damage to their tour yeah. to the point of you know like you said if they outspend them and they just are wasting money in legal fees that's money that can be going for a lot of other things yeah. so not just in the pockets <clears throat> of the players no the charities that's the, that's the, the charities yeah. it's everything else that goes in to support the tours at all the different levels right down to pga tour canada um you know so yeah this is this you know it's good that that's gone how it plays out who knows in the end there's nothing we can do about it no and, and also on the other side of it it still doesn't change what happens at the local golf clubs. I mean, I'd like for people to stop talking about this yeah. changing golf. None of this affects us. Like it really yeah. doesn't affect us. If there's if there's no PGA golf. tour. Yeah. If there's no PGA tour golf and no DP exists. world tour, golf's still around. We yeah. still go and play our local course. We're still members at our club. I'm yeah. not playing golf because there's a PGA tour. That's, that's no. my entertainment in golf, yes. watching people Correct. that are way better at the game than I am do well at the game. Um, 
but at the end of the day, if there was no PGA Tour, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna golf. It's just like yep. if there's no NHL, I'm still gonna play hockey. My yep. kids are still gonna play hockey and baseball and stuff. Those things are great and things to aspire to, yep. uh, and a place and, for the best in the world to hone their craft and and, and there's and, and there's make more some money and there's more and more golfers that are emerging, new golfers, especially mm-hmm. ones that have came in during COVID or whatever. They don't give a flying about yeah. professional golf you know what i mean what? I, I talk to them all the time i mean i had a guy the other day i was like hey did you watch the canadian open the week no no he's a new golfer his yeah. golf is going to the golf course playing yeah. with his friends playing with his buddies that's golf to them yeah so you know everybody that is golf everybody on social media yeah thinking that you know uh, this is the pinnacle of the game yeah it's the pinnacle of professional game but it's not the game. It's a small part of the game. So yeah. don't sit there and characterize it. Just like we're talking about it being a merger. Don't characterize it as being, this is good for golf, or this is the best thing for golf. It's the best thing, you know, when, when like, you know, Monahan or whatever, or anybody else is coming in and saying that this is about men's professional golf. This is not the game of golf. Yeah. It's one of the cliches, totally that, different animals. one of the cliches that drives me absolutely nuts. And we, we hear it in more places, you know, even, even at the local level um, where organizations claim to be uh, doing many things to grow the game mm-hmm. quote, grow mm-hmm. the game of golf yeah. um growing the game of golf does not mean it, it is not you know us having an event at smugglers glen or at 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 uh equinel or brockville country club running an event there is not growing the game of golf no that's providing opportunity correct for golfers to yeah. play in competitive atmospheres in you know under certain circumstances providing an experience yeah. um but that it's not growing the game no. Growing the game is is growing the game is exactly that. It's it's getting new people to play the game and getting those currently playing to continue to play the game. You can't if you just take this if you take a hundred thousand people and you just get them to keep playing golf the same amount that they've always played. That's not growing anything. If you if you plant a seed in the ground and you water it and the seed doesn't grow. You're not growing anything. You see what I'm saying? Like you're not growing anything. Put the seed in the ground and don't water it and don't put sunlight on it. It doesn't grow. Growing the game is actually, is actually doing something to encourage people to play, which gets more people playing and grows the game. Bottom up. The game, the game. Bottom up, bottom up, not top down. Exactly. The game grew when, you know, throughout the COVID era, Mm -hmm. the game grew. Most of us did absolutely nothing to grow the game. COVID grew the game. We yeah. didn't grow the game. Anybody that thinks they did something to grow the game during COVID is out of their is is off their rocker. Yeah, COVID grew the game. A pandemic grew the game of golf for two years. Yep. What we do with it from this yes. point forward is growing the, is continuing to grow the game. If yeah. we lose half of the people that started playing golf during COVID, then we haven't done anything to keep them. Yeah. All we did, you know, the pandemic's gone. Now they're not golfing anymore. Well, what went wrong? Well, we just took their money because that's all the place that had to spend it. We didn't do anything to keep them around. Nope. That's greed. That's not yeah. growing the game. I'm sorry. Yeah. And some people yeah. will be pissed at me about that. Um, okay, <laughs> Scotty Mac. <laughs> oh, good, um, Yeah. Um, I think we'll end on that note. Uh, I like to end on a happy note, but I'm not going to. I'm going to end on a, a I'm ending note. A, I'm ending on a rant. That's just the reality. I just ended it. on a rant. Okay. That's just the That's just the reality of Spring it more than anything. And I, I think people just don't look critically enough at how things happen. And when we say critically, critically doesn't mean, you know, angry, negative, <laughs> negative. negative. It's just looking at things constructive. Well, it's looking at it through where it's looking objectively of what's mm-hmm. good, bad, or otherwise. And that's not a bad thing. It's when you ignore it and you don't look at things critically and you just pretend something is happening that's not, that's when we get in trouble. Exactly. So, you know, we're not nitpicking for the sake of nitpicking. We're li- nitpicking for the sake of helping. Who that? There we go. Who that? Okay. All right, we're done. Go play golf. Go play golf. I am actually. I was just thinking I might try to go out and play like maybe four or five holes tonight. We'll see. Feeling pretty solid tonight. I know I'm not going to hit it anywhere, but we'll, grow we'll, your game. I'm going to grow my game. Grow, your grow game. a new leg, and then I can grow my game. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. <laughs> All right, we're done. We're out of here. Um, 
Thank you to our sponsors uh, this week, uh, Metcalf Golf Club, Greensmere Golf and Country Club, Kevin Haim Golf School, uh, jump back in there. And, of course, our presenting sponsor this week, TaylorMade with Stealth. They have pushed past the limits of titanium and introduced the world to the carbon wood age. How far are they willing to take it? Way past far into forgiveness, introducing the all-new Stealth 2 Plus, combining elements of speed and forgiveness to unlock forgiveness. Visit tailormadegolf.ca to learn more. All right, everybody, we're out. Thank you. Hopefully you've enjoyed everything that you're hearing or watching. Be sure to follow us across social media networks on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Subscribe to Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Do not forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like us, click the notification bell. Make Contest. sure you never miss a single... Contest. Yes, I'm going to gonna say... Um, <laughs> Uh, click the notification bell make sure you never miss a single episode and yes. contest like last episode we said uh, tailor made goodies uh, you're going to like them subscribe Cap, balls playing cards head cover towel all that good stuff um, you got to subscribe to the YouTube channel and you got to comment down below uh, I want free tailor made stuff I think that's what I said was it I want free tailor made stuff just give us a comment. Yeah, we'll just comment. It. Subscribe. We're not going to be picky about it. If it's close, we'll do it. Yeah. All right. All good. Thanks again. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Until next week, I am Jeff Botter. I'm Scott McLeod. Always remember, go for the stick.